Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As usual, we're on the road, uh, which means we got to sit down with Ezekiel Watchman's sons of Issachar, or daughters, I guess I'm assuming their gender there, um, who understand the times uh, and are telling the people of God what to do and how to live according to the truth in an out-of-control culture of death. And so we are in Albuquerque, New Mexico with Pastor Steve Smotherman of Legacy Church, um, who probably causes the governor here and the abortion industry and transgender mob to uh, wake up in uh, urinating themselves in night sweats uh, because of the righteousness that's so boldly proclaimed uh, from this church and the refusal to apologize or shut the doors of the church um, when you can burn down the country and it was mostly peaceful. Uh, th th that was a real testing season for the church, which is why I'm frankly just humbled and honored uh, to, to be able to stand alongside pastors like Steve Smotherman, like Jack Hibbs, like Rob McCoy, like Jurgen Matisius, like Troy Maxwell. The list really goes on and on and on. Gary Hamrick and others um, who really showed that they can't be bought in this last season. Uh, and so we're going to talk about all the culture of death and the role of the pulpit and pastor with Pastor Steve Smotherman. Today you're in for a treat. Buckle up. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Pastor Steve, thanks for coming on the show, brother. Well, it's an honor to be here, Seth. Thanks for having me, man. Honor to have you, man. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we we met through uh, Rob and Charlie and all of that, and I, I'm here for a pregnancy center banquet uh, tonight for the Carinet of, of Albuquerque. And you're probably one of the more outspoken pastors, if not the, the most outspoken pastor, at least of a large church in this state, and have been for a long time. And I was doing some research kind of on how much the woke mob hates you <laughs> right, in regards with the Do lawsuit, the shutdowns. <laughs> uh, you know, you've been boldly proclaiming the truth for a long time, defending marriage back in 2012. Uh, you got a lot of heat uh, then as well. And it's just so refreshing, Steve, because seeing so many men and pastors capitulate to the culture, to cave, um, or, or, to, or to say, well, well, I don't agree with that. But, but then they're not actually going to stand and defend marriage or the unborn or the family or children, parental rights. I mean, they'll, they'll abdicate when they're needed the most. And that's been, I think, one of the most tragic lessons of the last few years. And so for people who are not aware of you, Steve, because we have a, a national audience on the podcast here, usually just Christian families who are really concerned with the culture. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how God rescued you and how you got called into ministry, now pastoring one of the largest churches in New Mexico. Well, I, um, I was young. I, I was going to college. I was having fun. I, I, I didn't have any bad moments. And I, a friend of mine invited me to church. We'd been out drinking the night before we went to church, and, and um, they were singing songs, and they even sang in the whole, you know, in tongues. And I was like, I don't know this song. I can't sing it. And <laughs> so I just went, kept going for a couple of weeks, not even realizing why. I didn't even know why I was going. And then one night I lifted my hand and, and got born again. And, and uh, then uh, I, I finished the semester of college I was in. And then I decided I should go to Bible school. I'd only been saved a year when I went to Bible school. So wow. I, I, what did I know? And so um, I believe I was called in that time frame. And then um, from when I graduated from my Bible college, I, I ended up in um, UPS for 10 and a half years. Okay. And so I really believe at the time I hated it, but God really used that to teach me how to pastor and how to love people, even when it's hard, when you're hurting, yeah. when it's scary. Um, 
And, uh, and so I just, I did that. And then I moved to Roswell, America. I call it that because it's not the end of the world, but I've seen it from there. <laughs> and, um, and I was there for over seven years, built a church from about 72 to a thousand. And then, um, God opened a door for me to come to Albuquerque. Wow. And so I've been here since, uh, 2002. Wow. That's amazing. So you just jumped right into, uh, Bible discipleship and Bible school right out of being saved. Huh? Yeah, you know, I didn't know I didn't know we could say no. I mean, the pastor said you have to serve. Okay, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, you have to tithe. I didn't even know what tithe. I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so you know that that they didn't give me a they didn't give me any options. You know, yeah, today yeah. people think, you know, because of the the uh, pastors out there that aren't really preaching the gospel, they just think it's their call. You know, yeah, it's yeah. they're self-willed instead of God-willed. And yeah, I just jumped in and I've been working ever since wow that's amazing so uh steve i <clears throat> actually became aware of you like so many other pastors uh during the the scamdemic i call it or the plandemic whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah i call it that too so <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. the the shutdowns and because that was a real uh my friend victor mark says it showed who, who's who in the zoo <laughs> we started learning where people's lines were where their idols were um, and uh, and the degree to which they were willing to speak truth. And then when consequences came for doing so, we, you just started seeing people fold left and right. Um, so from Calvary Chapels, right, Steve? Because I, you know, I went to Rob McCoy's church and built mm. a pro-life ministry there, and then we just moved for my kids to be closer to family. But being from Calvary Chapels with, with Jack Hibbs and others, you know, Chuck Smith, you know, his son-in-law, Brian Broderson of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, uh, preached this whole sermon in tw- in uh, 2020, and he, he he went after Jack Hibbs and Rob McCoy, but he wouldn't name them. He said, all those churches that are opening, he said, he said, we lost a great opportunity to show how much we love our neighbors by laying down our rights and shutting our churches to show how much we love our neighbors from the virus, you know, and the face diaper and the Fauci ouchie. You know, we, we should have gone along with all of that. That would have put the gospel on blast. So, so he's making the polar opposite argument of what you make oh, yeah. and Charlie makes and, and Jack Hibbs and Gary Hamrick and Troy Maxwell and all of our brothers make, which is, no, 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 we lost a great opportunity by not defying, by not opening our churches and providing community, fellowship, look, a person, a hug, you know, like, yeah, right. you may not know this, Steve, but Jack Hibbs and his church at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills did the largest baptism in California history uh, in 2021. Over 1,200 people baptized on a Sunday in the ocean. All new believers. Why? Because they heard about this church that was open. Meanwhile, they couldn't go to their jobs. They were told they couldn't work. Their schools were shut down. And then they, they're like, oh, these Christians. <laughs> and they go to the one place that they could maybe like feel like human connection. That's right. And they get burdened by their sin. They repent. They get saved. So more people got saved because Jack's church defied and didn't listen to Chuck Smith's son-in-law who leads the Calvary Chapel mothership, Costa Mesa. So like you were one of those pastors who stood and opened your church while the abortion centers, the strip clubs and the weed dispensaries and the bars and the bars were all essential services mm-hmm. and Walmart and so Kmart, all did, the global. How did God use um, you and your team and legacy church? Like, like just bless people with some of the stories and, and some of the things that God did in the process of you not taking the Ed Stetzer, Rick Warren, Andy Stanley route of not shutting the church and going along to get along? Well, first of all, I've never agreed with any of those guys. And so, um, <laughs> and I've always had issues with them. And, and you know, you, you listen to what they say and it's it's too bad. We, we as believers don't understand, we judge actions. Right. 
Um, and and so, you know, people would look at us and say, well, they just did this. No, we've always been doing this. Yeah. We've always fought for marriage, you know, God's marriage. And we we fought against abortion. We, we've been fighting in this day since I moved in yeah. um, and going against because it's so liberal. And, you know, I think our legislature has been run by the Democrats for over 90 years. Wow. And, and that's why we're the worst in every good category and and um and so we we so i just march 12th let me just back up march 12th i'm sitting with some of my staff and i said when this came out no one knew anything about it i what this what came out of my mouth greatest hoax ever perpetrated on america really march 12th so you understood that i i I, I didn't even know what COVID was i just said this is not right and i i just believe the spirit of god gave me that thought and it came out of my mouth and from that day to this, that's wow. the premise I've been working off of. Wow. This is a hoax. This should have never happened. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the gospel doesn't stop. Yeah. You, know, you know what bothers me with some of these guys that you were mentioning? That they, they think if we enable the world, if we go along with the world, we're going to reach them. We're not going to reach them. <laughs> and, and during this time when we, you know, the president asked us to shut down, which I totally disagree with. He should have never did it because yeah. he emboldened these liberal yeah. governors to attack the church. Yeah. I mean, he made two huge mistakes. I think it'll go down in history as maybe the two worst. Right. He closed down the country over a theory, and it never happened. And and then they had to lie and manipulate all the deaths to to make us afraid. And so Christians, we we're not supposed to have the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And we're supposed to be salt and light. Yeah. Salt is impact. Light is influence. Yeah. And you can't have influence unless you have an impact. Wow. And we're the moral compass of the world. Without when we abdicate, when we fall in line with the government and and their outrageous mandates. Mm. Then, then we have we have forfeited our right to preach the gospel, wow. and what we what you said earlier, I believe, we found out that the leaders of yesterday are not the leaders of today. Mm-hmm. They forfeited their right. The body of Christ wow. found out they could not take a punch and get back up. <laughs> we got punched, and they laid down and said, "This is how we're going to love our neighbor," which is the most ridiculous ridiculous thing. If that's what God meant. When Jesus said the greatest and first commandments, the love of the Lord thy God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If he meant that I'm supposed to put on a dumb mask and f- forfeit my, my, my calling to preach the gospel, then, then I don't know if I want anything to do with that Bible. Wow. Because it doesn't mean that. They make up stuff because they're cowards on the inside. Wow. They, they're, they're hirelings. <clears throat> And the Bible talks about hirelings. When the tough gets going, when it gets hard, what do the hirelings do? They run. Pastors, shepherds, they fight. Yeah, that's right. And even though we did close for a couple of weeks, we were never closed. We always had people. Yeah. I, I couldn't, if people showed up, we had them. And it was a lot of older folks. And, um, and then one day I walked around my sanctuary and the state cops came and talked to me and said, man, I hope. I hope if I ever come here, you don't have 300 people sitting in your sanctuary. So I, I, I walked in one morning, and there was over 300 people sitting in the sanctuary. And I went, so I, so I started what I called a rant. And I went out, and I said, guys, listen, don't clap. Don't laugh. I'm glad you're here. And so what they do? They clap. They laugh. <laughs> and my phone's blown up. Pastor, can we come to church? And I answered the same way. I will never turn anybody away from church. Wow, and then it was Katie bar the door. Yeah. Then we opened up. And we, you know, we social distanced for a week. Someone came to me and said, I can't stand the, the tape. I said, well, take it off. We took it off. And then we just started having church. My wife one time went in the foyer and she said, when we got home, she said, you're not going to believe what I saw. And I'm thinking, something's wrong. What? She goes, if you didn't know there was COVID, you would know it by our 
bars foyer. People were laughing, hugging. And when people came here, here's what they told me over and over again. This is the only place we feel normal. Mm, yeah. Remember the, the, the made-up media thing, the new normal? Yeah, well, right. people don't want the new normal. <laughs> I want normal. The new normal yeah, yeah. is communist, atheism, and, and it's, it's awful stuff, right. and it's ungodly stuff. And, so, and during this time, what's interesting is probably the hardest time of, of the time I've been in ministry. Because who do you call and say, hey, what did you do when? No, this has never happened to the church. Yeah, right. For the first time in our history, the church was told, you don't matter. And those stinking pastors, they said, you're right, we don't matter. Because right. they're afraid. They're cowards. Right. And, and you know what? In, in the face of evil, we got to stand up and do what's right. You know, I said to my wife, and I, I give my wife a lot of credit for this. I said, Cynthia, now you know if we do this, they'd say they're going to arrest us. We could lose everything. Yeah. And I'll never forget, she said, Steve, if it means we lose everything by doing the right thing, then we're going to do the right thing. Praise God. So, so we were willing. See, we knew the cost. We wow. counted the cost. These other ministers That's that so tell cool. people, if you preach the gospel, don't touch the culture. You can't preach the gospel without dealing with the culture. Jesus didn't. Right. But we want to because we're afraid. We say, well, well, you offend them. If I offend them because I preach the word, that's on them that's because right. they don't love the law of God. Psalm 119, 165, those who love the law of God, nothing shall offend them. So if they're getting all offended, they don't love God anyway. But I have to still tell them the truth. Yeah. So during that time, we ended up buying a building across the street from uh, our, our, our main campus, 197,000 square feet on almost 20 acres. Wow. And we, we bought that during this time. And then we bought a theater where the owner is um, leased half of it back from us after we bought it. We're making half of it a church, the other half's a theater, and we were paying him $10,000 a month for us to be in there. Now he's paying us $20,000 a month and paying our mortgage. <laughs> so we saved $30,000. And, and, and those are the things that God did, but the amount wow. of people that have come, we're so much bigger than we were before COVID. Wow. And so those pastors that I know stood Every one of them is telling me the same thing. Same thing, yeah. They're bigger. They're reaching more people. We fed thousands. We paid off, I think, one point something million dollars worth of um, medical bills for people. Great I mean, stuff. we never stopped being salt and light. Yeah. And part of the salt was, you want to punch me, I'm going to punch harder back. Yeah. And our governor is evil. And, she, and, and, and these guys are in these, these guys in red states, they're, they're pampered and babied. I'm in one of the most liberal states in all of America. You can yeah. Google it. You can look it up. And even I think the New York Times, I think it was them, that, that voted us at one time the most locked down state in all of America. Wow. And our governor was ranked at the bottom of handling COVID because she was just, they lied. Yep. Follow the science. Follow the science. How do you have science when nothing's ever happened before like this? You have science now. And what does the science tell us? It was a hoax. Yep. We should have never been locked down. We should have never put in masks. And people just did it without thinking, without fighting. Yeah. And then pastors closed their churches down forever or did the 25%, whatever. And I, I can't imagine telling somebody, well, you can't come today because we're violating the 25%. Who are they to tell me how to worship and serve God? That was my attitude. <laughs> well, we could leave it right there, brother. You, I, I, I got to say, I, I kind of like godly rants. And uh, I think we actually see that in scripture sometimes. And uh, I think of Paul sometimes, right, Steve? Um, at the uh, Mars Hill, you know, and, and he starts going after their idols. 
and he's like, you even got an idol to the unknown God. You know, he's like, he's like, well, I'm here to tell you about that unknown God, right? Or, or Elijah at the prophets of Baal. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, you know, well, my God will rain down fire from heaven. <laughs> and then he goes up to the prophets of Baal and he goes, where's your God? Is he, is he on the toilet? Like, is he, is he does he have a bowel movement? Yeah. Is he relieving himself? Like, <laughs> is he on vacation? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that kind of like yeah. publicly mocking just bad ideas. But, but that was, that's not for today. <laughs> yeah, because that's not winsome. We wimpy <laughs> and we're weak and we're unwilling yep. to fight. We forfeit. We, I mean, get, let's get beat up if we do, but but let's fight. And yep. then the, the Romans 13 crowd, we had, uh, you know, a Calvary pastor in town that came after us because I said, Romans 13 doesn't mean we, we honor a dictator and That's someone right. evil. And we, the people, is what we honor, the Constitution. And, and I kept telling people, you, you really think that's true? Yes. And I said, tell me about the Christians in China yeah. that are underground. So they're violating Romans 13. They're supposed to have no churches, that's preach right. no Jesus, which is a lie. We've been lied to and duped. You know why? Because our prosperity has made us soft. And I may be saved. I love what my son said to wow. one the other day. I may be saved, but I'm not soft. Wow. And if you want to fight, let's fight. The problem with pastors today, they're, they're so wimpy. Uh, some of them are effeminate, and they're unwilling to fight. And, and you don't have to be the most masculine man to fight. You just have to have enough intestinal fortitude and belief in the God of the Bible yeah. that nobody yeah. is going to tell us how to worship God. And here's another thing. I kept saying people, biblically, guys, let's just give you a biblical account. God never quarantined the healthy. Never quarantined the healthy. He quarantined yeah. the sick. So, okay, quarantine the sick, fine, but you don't quarantine the healthy biblically. And I don't understand, I'm not even that smart. I don't understand why pastors can't read the same Bible I'm reading. We have to, we're called to be salt and light. You know what these pastors did? They took their light and hid it and said, we're just going to acquiesce to evil and stupidity and ignorance. And I I can't stand it. I'm like, so let's fight. So we took them to court. And we, we, you know, they, the, the judge had already ruled before we ever got in a courtroom. And, um, and so, but, but what nobody knows, and the media was unwilling to report, because the media is a bunch of liars too, is that when, when we got in the courtroom, the reason, one of the reasons the judge did that is because they said, we're not going to mess with them. So it was over. We can only have five people in this whole place, 155,000 square feet, five people. We wouldn't even know if five people were in here. And I said, oh, no, we need at least 30 to do our broadcast. And so they were saying no. And I'm like, no, we went to court. You know what they did? The judge asked him several times, are you going to, uh, is he violating the mandate if he has more than five people? And here's how they answered. Every time he asked, they said, we're, judge, we're just not going to, we're not going to do anything. So some churches wanted 50, some wanted whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not going to tell me. And then they want to put our singers in mass. Nope, never happened. Yeah. I, I didn't do anything, she said. Yep. And because she was a liar and she is a liar. And, and she's evil. Like, you can't get much more evil than this woman. She's a, she's a prophetess of Baal. That's and right. we, we're unwilling to call yeah, people. Yeah. She's a reprobate, yeah. too. Yeah, that's but right. even Christians say, what does that mean? I said, read your Bible. Yeah, to the it, reprobate mind. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. what they are. Yeah. They have no right or wrong, no compass. Yeah. Everything's right. Everything good is evil, and everything evil is good. Yeah, well, most of the uh, theologians and saints of the past that some of these cowardly pastors say they love and look up to, like Martin Luther and others, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have tolerated their preaching. The way that some of these men preached historically <clears throat> is the kind of preaching that would cause some of these cowardly pastors today to say, you know what, you're, 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 um, you're prostituting your faith to a political ideology. Separation of church and state, Johnson Amendment. Uh, you probably know this, Pastor Steve, but it's, it's fascinating. The, the, uh, 
the Johnson Amendment was uh, 1954. Mm-hmm. Four years later, 1958, the American Humanist Association <laughs> drafts this action plan to mobilize and strategize their, I call them high priests of humanism, the deacons of the Church of Humanism, <laughs> to, to go find examples in public schools in America where the Bible is being read or where prayer and worship is happening in public schools. Mm-hmm. Within four years of the Johnson Amendment, they're already fully leaning on that as their political crutch, their political cudgel. And they're not saying, oh, you know, if you hear about, you know, some prayer happening in public schools, you know, maybe let's try to deal. There's a, no, I want you to go find. I found this action plan four years after the Johnson Amendment from the American Humanist Association, who, by the way, is dedicated to the eradication of God. Right. That's what that, that's their motto. That's what they existed to do, which is always funny because they're atheists. So it's like, God doesn't exist, but I also really hate him. Like, which makes no sense. It's like because maybe, they're reprobates. Maybe eternity's written on the heart of man. And we all know there's a God, just like we all know there's only two genders, and we all know we're killing babies. Anyways, I digress. But but there's a go find this, find examples of of the Bible being read or prayer and worship happening in public schools. To what? To challenge its constitutionality. And yet we have Christians and pastors today, Steve, who will say, "Hey, man, <clears throat> federalism, liberalism, man, neutral. We need neutral spaces." You know, I'm apolitical. I'm neither left nor right. <clears throat> you know, I don't like Biden. I don't like Trump. I just, I don't really get involved in that, you know, because I just preach the gospel. Uh, and I think if anything, the last three years taught us that there is no such thing as moral neutrality. No, there will not. be a dominant religion. There will be a dominant standard. The question is whose. So most people wouldn't want to live in an America without the Christianity that they say they hate, that provided you the liberty to spout your nonsense in the public square in the first place. But this is too deep thinking for most of the the pastors who have abdicated in the season. But I love what you said about, uh, just to go back, I love what you said about your wife who who was encouraging you. Because they say behind every great man, you know, is a greater woman. And the same thing happened with my pastor, Rob McCoy. Um, Steve, he, he always tells a story. He said, And I know Rob, he's a great oh, guy. Of course I know, of course. I know, I know you do. And when... Uh, when they, he said, we're, you know, we're going to open the church. And he went to his wife, like you did, and his family. And he said, we could all be arrested. We could lose everything. Same conversation you had. And uh, Michelle, who's just the, the sweetest, that Rob's wife, says, I'd rather be a widow than married to a coward. Yeah, that's so good. Because <laughs> because uh, our families, our, our wives, our families, our children, our grandchildren uh, will judge us for how we lived and led or didn't in these last three years. You know, it's interesting. God gave us a constitution that starts off with we the people. That's right. And and it's for the people and by the people. We, that we're, we're governed by the people, not these so-called leaders. That's right. And, and what amazes me is is that um, the, the church that wants to be apolitical, I'm neither left nor right, don't take a stand, well, then, then, you're, then you're that salt that has been watered down and thrown on the ground and trodden over. Saved, but not salty. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they don't realize that's, that's what the government did. They just ran over them. Yeah. And places like us and my brother in Roswell, who is a, who's, who's a, maybe more Troy. of a fighter. Yeah, Troy, he's a fighter too. And he, he opened up even before everybody. Yeah. I mean, he just, he didn't care. But he had a sheriff that wouldn't let the state police, the minion that, that the governor was trying to use to enforce right. her mandate, he told them they're not going to touch his church because the right. sheriff went there. So, and so we, we, we need to realize that if, if we're going to be salt, then it's salty. It gives taste. It preserves. It yeah. does things. And, and it amazes me how these guys, they're so afraid of losing people. 
Yeah. You know, when, when Trump became president the first time, uh, or his, his only time, he, a week after, I lost 4,000 people from this church. 4,000. 1,566 giving units. That's a whole family. Multiply that by three, and what do you got? About 4,000. I lost, and I knew it was down. We could tell. Our money went way down. And, and I thought, huh. And I said, those people left. You know why? Because they weren't with us. Mm-hmm. And, and how, can, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? So these pastors are gathering all these people claiming to be shepherds. And what they're doing, is they're, they're, they're putting the wheat and the chaff in the same room with weeds. And they're saying, we, we can work together. You can't. Where, there, where there's agreement, there's power. Where there's a lack of agreement, there's a lack of power. Yeah. And so what God did, even though it hurt, man, it wasn't fun, he, he removed those people. See, they think they left. I believe God removed them. Yeah, well. And now, you know what? We can, I can say what I want, do what I want. Everybody walks in this church knows exactly who we are. Yeah. And I heard in an art conference, I heard some well-known preachers talking about, yeah, this little old lady comes up to me and says, I know you're voting for Hillary. And I say, yes. And this old man comes up and says, I know you're voting for Trump. And, and, and then they told all these young pastors, don't take a stand, guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you don't take a stand, then, you, then you're, you're nothing. Yep. So let's take the biblical stand. And if God be for us, yeah. who can be against us? Yeah. It's funny, <clears throat> Pastor Steve, when I hear you talk like that, you know, while I'm in total agreement, because I'm in the culture wars so much and I deal with, you know, I go to university campuses. We just wrapped up our university campus, Pastor Steve, you'll, uh, tour, you'll like this. It was called Adolf Who? <laughs> the Bloodbath of Margaret Sanger. And my artist painted Sanger in a, in a SS uniform, um, <clears throat> which is a lecture for another time, but basically Hitler really liked Planned Parenthood because it's all eugenics. Well, it's all and she knew him. So. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I deal with a lot of the, <clears throat> the, God-hating, progressive, secular humanists who are often more dogmatic for their religion than Christians are for pure and undefiled religion. And I deal with woke and cowardly Christians and pastors. And I'm hearing, as you're speaking, you know, in the depth from which you're speaking, I, I'm hearing the critic in my own head because, you know, I have to talk, talk to people all the time. And here, here's what they would say to what you just said, Pastor Steve. You're saying that to be saved, you have to vote for Trump. You're saying God removed all these anti-Trump people from your church? You've prostituted your great commission duties to a political ideology, Pastor Steve. And so I want to get your response to that because I know those are the kind of attacks pastors get when they start mm-hmm. getting involved. All, all I'll say is this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it like this. He said, political action means taking on responsibility. This cannot happen without power. Power is to serve responsibility. If we, the people, are the sovereign in America, then we, we need to be about our father's business, protecting and preserving that which he cares for. And what could be more, maybe more closer to the heart of our father, Pastor Steve, than preborn children? In the location that he entered human history in to redeem mankind from their sins, Roe v. Wade only got overturned because of all three Supreme Court appointments yeah, from that Trump mean did. tweeting mm-hmm. orange man. Yeah. So apparently God chose to use mean tweets over Russell Moore and Ed Stetzer winsomeness to tear down the high places of Baal. I'm sorry, reproductive health care. <laughs> but what, what do you say to the, the pastors or leaders who would tell you, Steve, from your last comment, that you're celebrating? You're saying God did that? That he removed people who didn't vote for Trump from your church because you, you said that we should vote for the man to tear down the high places of child sacrifice? You've lost the gospel. You've mm-hmm. lost your duties as a pastor. And here's how I answer what do you say to those people? I could care less what you say. I don't care what you think. 
I know what the Bible says. You didn't bring me here. You didn't raise me. God did. <laughs> and, and you know what? I don't care because you, what you're saying is you're weak. You're unwilling to believe the gospel. And so I just say what you want. Go do what you want. But you know what? You're violating the very principles that God set forth. Either we fight for, either we defend the defenseless or we don't. And, and our children are defenseless. Yep. And all these so-called Christians that voted for people like Hillary. That, so my, my main thing is if, you, if you're going to kill babies, I'm out. I'm out. I'm yep. not going to, I don't care who it is. Yep. And I'm not really big on the Republicans or the Democrats because most of the Republicans, I mean, we had the House and Senate. And did they get rid of the Johnson Amendment? which they should have. Now, Trump told them not to enforce it, but did they get rid of it? Yeah. Why Why won't they get rid they of it? They didn't even defund Planned Parenthood. Yeah, they, they yeah. wouldn't do it. And so um, it, it's it's amazing to me, like, you, yeah. you because they don't really believe in anything. Yeah. They just want power, and, and it's false so power. So you're not just a Republican hack that's trying no, to get no. boys and seal claps from the GOP? That's no, no, I could care less. That's what about... I read about you online. <laughs> because the GOP, I really don't, I don't really don't care about the GOP. They, especially in our state, they're the worst. It they're ain't the, the weakest. Grand old party no, anymore? No, it's not. And all they keep doing is moving farther and yeah. farther away from yeah. Christian values. So the Republicans here in our state, they'll say, you know what? Let's just stay away from abortion and the homosexual stuff and the transgender stuff. And I'm saying, no, absolutely not. You you can't you can't say you believe in a platform and don't honor the platform. Yeah. And and you know we. We as pastors are called to be the watchmen on the wall. That's right. And we're un, and when pastors are unwilling to watch and say, this, something's wrong here. And, and, and these pastors that would talk to me like that, first of all, they probably wouldn't do it in my face. Secondly, um, I would tell them, I don't care. Don't say another word. And, and because I don't care. I mean, and if they did, well, maybe we got to handle it a different way. And people say, well, that's not very Christian-like. Who, who is the world to tell me what is Christian-like? Who is the world to tell me what a pastor should and shouldn't do? When Trump was president, you know, all the media, this is not very presidential. Well, none of them have ever been president. Yep. So how do you tell a president? And the only reason that Trump got attacked, first of all, he, he's pretty harsh. But secondly, he just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And, and as pastors that are fighting for the souls of men, yep. we have to keep fighting. All we told people was be afraid. Tell a vision told us to be afraid. Their vision was be afraid. Their vision was you're going to die. Their vision was this. And God's vision was put aside and said, who cares if people go to hell now as long as they're safe? Yeah. And when are we supposed to be afraid? I don't have the spirit of fear. Why do we? Because these guys are in a hireling. Yeah. They're not shepherds. Yep. And what does God talk about? His sheep or need a shepherd. Yep. And so the shepherds, all that I know, have grown. Wow. Their influence has grown because their impact was yeah. big. <clears throat> Oftentimes bigger and much bigger than the examples of the churches who closed. And so I think there's some jealousy there. I think there's some anger and frustration there. Um, it's, uh, I was told for years, Steve, before I started seeing this awakening happening in a lot of pulpits, I was told for a long time by pastors who I would try to get engaged to end abortion, maybe preach about it, maybe share the pulpit with me, let me mobilize their people, let's get the church awakened, outside of abortion centers, graciously, lovingly, lovingly offering help and support, um, celebrating the mothers and championing them, throwing them baby showers, getting them saved, being the hands and feet of Jesus, voting the right way, launching pro-life ministries, post-abortion healing for those who have been wounded, having conversations with your pro-choice friends, pushing back, being courageous. I was told by these pastors for years, Steve, that um, 
well, you know what, uh, we, we, you know, we have a lot of people in our congregation who, who disagree, and we also have people who visit a lot. So, Steve, I mean, if I do that, and we have maybe a pagan that's visiting that Sunday, and their first experience, this is, I'm not like embellishing, I was told this by Pastor, wow. and their first experience in a church is hearing me or you rail against abortion, they're going to leave, and we're, we're going to lose that opportunity yeah, to which, save them, I, to, to which I would always say, you know what? Then don't preach the gospel at all. It's foolishness to those perishing. It's highly offensive, by the way. I'm sorry, that's really, I was really offended and triggered, Steve, by your message when you said I couldn't save myself and that I'm on my way to hell <laughs> and that I have to admit that everything I do is wicked and even the things I think I do are righteous are like filthy rags. That really offended me. I'm not coming back. I mean, if that's the litmus test, then just don't preach the gospel at all. But one thing I think that was fascinating, <clears throat> and I want to get your thoughts on this and then we'll wrap up, was seeing how many people flocked to the churches who were standing but who weren't saved, right? Because they didn't like what they see, saw happening in the culture. They're used to cowardice from the pulpits. So pagans who don't love God, but they, they hate abortion. They hate that we're chopping up the genitalia of children. They hate that little nine-year-old white boys are being forced to apologize to their nine-year-old black friend because critical race theory or something. They don't like this. And then they see Steve or, or Jack or... Rob McCoy or these people, and they're like, whoa, hey, finally some courage. They go to the church, they get saved. It's like, oh, wait, maybe we shouldn't have cared so much about whether people come and go and what they think, but you preach biblical truth, you preach salvation, you preach truth, and let the chips fall where they may. Well, that's, that's because these guys think they're God. <laughs> because they'll say, well, I got 10 people saved. You didn't get anybody saved. I don't wow. get anybody saved. God saves people. That's right. We just lead them wow. to the point where God can save them. Yeah. And so these pastors that talk like that, they're building crowds. And my Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but it will prevail against the crowd. Wow. And what they're doing is saying, you come to God and you do it your way instead of you come to God and you humble yourself and you do it his way. Wow. And so the truth is the truth is the truth. So if you're going to water it down here, you're going to have to water it down here to keep them. And I refuse to do that. So I say it all the time. If you get offended because I preach the gospel, then I don't care. Wow. Don't ask me about it because I will never yield. If you get offended because my bathrooms are dirty, I'll repent to you and I'll clean them up. But I will not yeah. repent or apologize for what's not mine. It's not my word I'm preaching. I'm preaching God's word. These guys think it's about them and it's about God. Yeah. And, and, and the worst sinner has come to our church and they have heard me rant because I ranted almost every Sunday for two years. I would do a rant before the service and I would rag the governor. I would rag um, all the mandates. I would, I would just went after it. And I was letting Christians know the other side because all they're watching is CNN and Fox News. And I quit watching all that because I got sick of all of it. And so, but they weren't hearing a Christian perspective because all the guys on TV, let's say, um, they, they won't say anything because then they don't get as much money. 
And so we have prostituted. I was reading a book. I remember uh, I was telling you the, the letter to the American church, but I was reading uh, Jonathan Kahn's book, um, Return of the Gods. And he was talking about how yeah. Baal has returned. And, and we worship Baal, yep. uh, whether some churches do, because it's all about prosperity. And, and I, I truly believe that if we, if we truly believe the gospel, See, God can't be leading me to stand up and fight and you to stand up and fight and Rob McCoy to stand up and fight and Charlie Kirk to stand up and fight and all these pastors say, well, he's leading me differently. It's the same God who we either believe in him or we do not. It's the God of order. And, and if we believe in him, then we, it's a good fight of faith. What did they think it was? Mm. They think the good fight of faith just means it's me and my personal life. No, it's me and my personal life and the world. And so when people come to our church, I have people tell me, Pastor, I don't know if I can bring my friends. Bring your friends, watch them. And they'll get born again. Why? Because the power of God's in the house. And they may not like everything they hear because it's so different to them, but you watch them. Because God is bigger than all of us. And what we're saying is we're bigger than God. So we don't want to offend them. Well, if the word offends them, that's that's not your business. That's not mine. And we just can't handle it. And so we can't handle rejection. We can't handle being defriended. And I've been persecuted, ridiculed. My truck has been shot at. Um, we've been picketed. And you know what? I, I like it. I'm like, keep picketing. And people are like, oh, no. I said, just don't say anything to them, guys. They'll leave. It'll get too hot or too cold. That's how, that, that's how much. And so I like it. I embrace it. And when you own it, they cannot come against you. I would look in the camera almost weekly and tell the governor and tell the legislature and who's listening, because they were listening, I'm never going to pay you. I'm never going to do anything you say. Yeah. We're going to sing. We're going to chant, because they wouldn't say prayer. We're going to pray. We're going to worship God. And we're going to open up our doors. I don't care if you say 25 percent of 50 my doors are open and you know what that's what every church should have did they're not used to that the church is not used to exercising its spiritual and moral muscles it's, a, it's an interesting observation pastor Steve, about evangelicalism in america in the 21st century is we we say we believe in spiritual realities but we, we say we believe in god even but we live like we don't believe that <clears throat> we we live like there is no such thing as the spirit of baal we live like there is no such thing as the, as the spirit of Asherah, as the spirit of Baphomet. Yeah, they're all we, back. We, 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 we don't live <clears throat> like there are demonic realities, there are demonic manifestations. There is an enemy of our souls who lies, steals, kills, and destroys, and prowls around, actually. He's actually trying to find the weak. He's trying to destroy families and little ones, and the church, and the pastors, and the spiritual integrity of the church. Because it was a proxy war attack against Christianity. Because he hates the Imago Day, because it reminds him that he has a date on the calendar. We don't live like these are realities. We don't live like there's a spirit of Baal that says, hey, just give me your children. Just shove them down my throat. Just fund it with your tax dollars. Vote for it or don't vote at all, actually. So, so, that, so the child sacrifice still exists in America. Just give me your children and I'll give you the world. Oh, I'll give you mega churches. I'll give you glorious church retreats i'll give you invitations to appear on npr and washington post and publications that will only have pastors who are cowards (laughs) just give me your children and you can have the world we don't live like these are kind of spiritual realities that are happening in our cities in our counties in our states because they don't believe the bible we don't war against flesh and blood but against the principalities and powers of might and religious darkness this age our fight is not with flesh and blood. That's right. And we think it is. Yeah. So I tell people all the time, like the governor, full of the devil. She is a bell prophetess. Biden, 
is a Baal prophet, is yeah, a prophet. Right. And so, the, the, but they, they don't want to hear it because, well, we're not supposed to judge. Well, that's not what that scripture said. The scripture yeah. said, before I deal with you, make sure my life is right. Yeah. So if, if you're an alcoholic and I'm an alcoholic and I'm an alcoholic telling this alcoholic you need to get clean, well, then that's that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's what God is saying. The Bible says judge rightly. Rightly. Yeah, yeah but we, we forget that portion. Yeah. And here's what's sad about the church. We let the world who is not born again, mm. who is not saved, doesn't believe in God, tell us how to be Christians yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of us being Christians and telling them this is who we are. We let them set the terms of engagement. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, what? what well, is that what they say about you and anyone who stands? They go, that Pastor C. Smotherman, I, I, he's not very Christian. Yeah, He said that, they... like, he said anal sex and sodomy is wrong. And like, I didn't, that's not very nice. You know, it's like, and then we go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I apologize. You know, it's like, no, these are sins that will damn you to hell. Just like pride, just like envy, these are all bad but we don't want to preach that kind of repentance, you know. So, uh, anyways, you, you, now you got me ranting. Dang it. Um, <laughs> let me try well, to you land do it better than here. I do. No, no, no. <clears throat> let me try to land the plane here. Um, screw tape letters. C.S. Lewis. That book caused big evangelicalism <laughs> to start collapsing in on itself when, when he wrote that. Um, because I think it it forced pastors to recognize, as it is today, that by refusing to engage against the culture of death, because you perceive that as being political, you're actually refusing to engage against false religion and demonic warfare. And I think, I th I think, I think the Lord filled C.S. Lewis with his spirit in a special way when he wrote the Screwtape Letters. And there's one line, Pastor Steve, there's one line that I feel like almost ties a bow on everything you're saying right now about the, the lack of courage, the cowardice, the heresy, and Screwtape, who's mentoring his junior demon, Wormwood, on how to attack the church, how to cause chaos in the country. He says, you know, Wormwood, as the humans have said, <laughs> active habits are strengthened by repetition, but passive ones are weakened. The longer he, who's he, the Christian, the longer he feels without acting, the less he will be able ever to act. And in the long run, the less he will be able to feel at all. Wow. In other words, one of Satan's favorite strategies, Pastor Steve, is to keep Christians in the position of even feeling broken about sin. Let them feel the right things. <clears throat> That's fine. But don't let them act on it. Because in the long run, they won't act at all. And that if we can keep Christians in the, in the position of feeling all the right things and never acting on it for a really, really, really long time, in the long run, they won't feel at all. They'll become spiritually dead inside, unaffected by the evil in the world and the thing that causes their father's heart to mourn. They'll be spiritually impotent. Let them feel it all, but never act. Mm. Well, that, like, you know, <clears throat> I tell people all the time, the devil don't care if you come to church. The devil doesn't care if you raise your hands. The devil doesn't care if you give it a little money. And the devil doesn't care if you sing a few songs. That's right. Yeah. As long as you don't change. Yeah. And, and we are called to be transformed, to start thinking like God thinks. Show me anywhere in the Bible where God didn't have his people, when they repented, to fight evil and win. And he would tell him, I just listened about Gideon today. He said, I'm with you, Gideon. This, you're going to win because of me. And I yeah. want to be recognized. The, the, the issue here is we, we don't think there's a God 
We, we know there's a God of mercy and grace. We don't know that there's a God of judgment. Mm. And what does the Bible say? Broad is the way to destruction, and many thereof find it. Yeah. There's so many ways to go to hell. Just pick one. <laughs> but there's only one way to go to heaven, yeah. and that's through Jesus. And so we have this false gospel being preached in our country even about, well, if you just say this prayer, you're saved. Well, my Bible doesn't say that. Mm. My Bible says if you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, which means now he's Lord, he's the boss of your life, then you'll be saved. We have flipped it and said, you pray this prayer and you're saved, and there's no lordship. And so if he's Lord, show me where Jesus said, just cater to all the evil. And people said, well, she, you have to honor the governor. Say, I honor the office, but I don't honor her at all. And, and they're like, well, you're supposed to. And see, we, we have never been in a fight. The church has never been told you're non-essential. And the first time it did, we catered. Instead, you know, and, and when 9-11 happened, they, what they do, they asked the church to pray. Even the Democrats asked the churches to pray. Yeah. But this time, they said, close your doors. Yeah. And, and they willingly did it, so they know they didn't really believe what they said. That's yeah. the devil's plan. Yeah. And you know what, those of us that did, and I have quite, I'm meeting more and more people that, that stood and fought. Mm-hmm. And um, those of us that did, every one of our churches is stronger, better, freer. In other words, you don't have to worry about, well, are you going to offend this person? If I offend people for preaching the gospel, I don't care. Yeah. People say, well, that's not, that's heartless. No, that's godliness. Yeah. God didn't change his word to cater to you. Yeah. And we have to defend the defenses. We have to defend the baby. You know, people, you know, the Holocaust was horrific. Seven, approximately seven million Jews killed, right? Well, how about 60 million babies? We don't, we don't care because they're not real. But if you kill a woman that's pregnant, then you get tapped for two murders. Yeah. But, but if you just decide to kill the baby and, and then allowing these kids without fighting. I tell our church all the time, if you believe that transgenderism and the homosexual movement's okay, you are not a Christian. You cannot be a believer. Mm. And if you believe that killing a baby is okay, you cannot be a Christian. There was a lady years ago that we got in a discussion and she thought we were criticizing Obama. Obama, and I just told people, listen, some of you like him because he's half black. He's not all black. And, and I said, I wouldn't like him in any color. I don't care what color he is. I wouldn't like him. That's the difference between racism and non-racism. I don't really care what color you are. If you stand for the right values, we're on the same team. Amen. And we can fight together. And so, but these people, they, they're unwilling to take any kind of stand to say anything. Yeah. And I'm like, when did Jesus become weak? They forget about when he stormed into the temple and got a whip and whipped these and told these guys to get out. I don't believe he did it like, oh, I think you should go now. I think he said, get out of here. And, yeah. and we, we, we want to see, and then what would Jesus do moving, I think, hurt the body of Christ. Because almost every time someone told me what would Jesus do, it wasn't biblical. Yeah, that's we have to come back to the foundation. What does God's word say? Yep. And if you don't believe it, that's on you. But if I believe it, okay. Yep. Years ago, a, a guy that um, prophesied one time, I was sitting in a church, I was probably 22, and he said, there's gonna come a time when the church is gonna be persecuted. But he said, it's gonna be persecuted by the church. And I didn't understand that until this day. Wow. And so we have such diverse, we have big name preachers telling people not to preach the gospel. Or they, they say, preach the gospel, but here's the gospel. This little bit right here. Yeah. Just talk about Jesus. Well, how do I talk about Jesus without dealing with the, yeah. with dealing with the L's of culture? And so we, yeah. we, either, we either believe what we believe or we don't. But you can't tell me you believe something and don't act on it. Don't act on it. Don't live it. And don't stand against evil. So uh, 
final line gk chesterton once said unless a man becomes the enemy of an evil he will not even become its slave but rather its champion oh wow that's a great statement and that's what we've been living through for some time now. But thank God there's people like you and some of the other pastors you mentioned um, that are willing to take all the hits. Yep. And, you know, all we did was get criticized. It's like, what, why do we care? I mean, didn't Jesus say, count all joy when you, right. when you fall into diverse temptation and persecutions? And I'm like, okay, yeah, we got persecuted. people chopping up children and euthanizing grandma. Why does their opinion matter? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't get it. I don't care. And but, New Mexico is, is a leader on both of those, by the way. Right? Oh, I know. I know. We're the. I think our Partial governor. abortion capital, late term abortion, and oh yeah, the euthanasia thing. That's right, because when you dehumanize life at one stage, you'll dehumanize it at another. Well, and our our governor calls Same it abortion view. tourism now. Yeah. So I'm like, and what? Where are the Christians? Come, come kill they, your babies they, here. They still voted her back in Same for another term. Yep. And I'm like, what, what, what is wrong with you? Or the Christians say, I don't, I'm not going to vote, and it's not my thing. I'm like, so God gave us this country. He gave us the Constitution that says we the people. He gave you and told you to vote for the leaders that you wanted. And you say, I'm not going to vote. God help you. God help you in your ignorance. And I don't think all these guys are weak. They're just ignorant because they sit under weak people. You know why? Because the church has become a country club. I ask people all the time, why do you go to church? Well, my friends go there. That is not a reason to go to church. And never once has anybody told me when they go to another church. I like the worship band. Yeah. And, and you know what? And, and the, the thing is they have never been able to articulate, I go to that church because they get people saved. They stand for righteousness. Never, because it's not a part of them. They just, I like it. He makes me laugh. I didn't know I was supposed to be a comedian. And can I say this too? Hollywood preachers are ungodly preachers. We were never called to be popular. You know what Jesus did? He told people, even when he healed them, don't go tell nobody. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? We just want to make our name known so we can get in the right rooms, we can get in the right conferences, Mm -hmm. make a lot of money, which I don't don't care if people make a lot of money, but you're making it by trying to be popular. We were never called to be Hollywood superstars. We were called to be servants to the body of Christ, to be humble, and serve. And all these guys care about is how many people follow and they have, yep. how many of this they have. And I, it's sickening to me. Yep. That's why they cater to the world because yep. they don't want to be canceled. How can I be canceled if God be for me, who can be against me? Yep. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can't cancel me. You didn't make me. Yeah. The irony is that they critique you and others, Steve, for worshiping mammon through your political advocation and advocacy. But in reality, they're worshiping mammon because they don't want to compromise losing the tithing of the registered Democrats who attend their church, whose political sensibilities they don't want to offend by preaching the full counsel of God. That's so good. That's true. And it's sad, and it, it needs to be corrected. And so people like you, thank you for having me on your program. Yeah, I, I honor people like you, people like Charlie. I think he's a. I think he was the only national voice yeah. that fought for the church when, and when all these pastors didn't. One pastor... Way. One pastor in California, MacArthur, stood up. I don't agree with him, but he stood up. And, and, but he was against us at first. Mm. And then he stood up. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm like, where, where was everybody else? Yeah. Where was the pastors I know? Where were you standing? What they were doing was apologizing for liking posts. That's right. I remember and, that. And, and then they end up losing everything they said they wouldn't lose. Can I say this one more time for any pastors watching? Never 
apologize to the world. That's like chum in the water for sharks. Because every time you do, they mock you more because they know now you don't believe what you believe. I never apologize to them. People said, I don't think you should call the governor the wicked witch of the north. I'm going to call her that every time I can. And, and I'll never apologize to her. I'll never apologize to the world. The world doesn't deserve my apology. What the world deserves is me standing for righteousness so I can get one more person to come to Christ and say, it's not just a prayer. It's a following. You have to follow him. Yeah. And you'll pick up your cross and follow the Lord. People don't even know what that means. Yeah. Dead man walking. Yeah. You don't have any other option. You're not going to get paroled. You're not, you're not gonna, yeah. They're not going to tell you you don't have to. Yeah. You're not going to get off for good behavior. When they knew you were carrying a cross, you were dying. Jesus used that example to say, when you follow me, mm. you take that cross up. You can't go anywhere else but be crucified with me. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah, but we Carl, don't want to do that. Carl Lentz and, and Beth Moore oh, man, and Russell sickening. Moore and Ed Stetzer, they would have been writing op-eds against Elijah on the for the prophets of Baal. <laughs> they would have said, Elijah is compromising the witness of the church. He shouldn't have said that Baal was on the toilet with the bowel movement when Baal didn't rain down <laughs> fire from heaven. That's harming the public witness of the church. And because we care about the gospel so much, we have to reprimand Elijah. David, why did you hold up the head of Goliath? You know, the, 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 you know, the, uh, the Philistines were really hurting and demoralized. And you're supposed to weep with those who weep, David, and mourn with those who mourn. Now go pray for the Philistine brethren. And David's just holding a pet of Goliath, blood and gun. Yeah, right. He's giving glory to God. He's saying, hallelujah, look, God's victorious. I mean, many of these pastors would have hated those men. Uh, and yet those were some of the most godly men in Scripture. Yeah, God used them. We, we have, you know, people think David was the underdog. Really, Goliath was the underdog. <laughs> That's right. David knew he was going to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, we, 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 we read the Bible like God is weak and God is dumb. Um, I even deal with pastors and people that believe in climate change. They say, we've got to be sensitive to it. Well, if you believe in that, then you might as well throw out your whole Bible because if you don't believe in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you can't believe the rest of the Bible. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Fill the earth, right? Yeah. That's a and command. what do they say? Overpopulation, Overpopulation and filling the earth is harming Mother Gaia. Yeah. I'm sorry, the environment. <laughs> yeah, Mother Gaia. well, that's what it is. Yeah. They worship the creation instead of the creator. Mother earth is who, death. Yeah, and, and, and I'm thinking, <laughs> wait a minute. So God, so I was told um, that you could take all almost, what is it, 8 billion, I'm close to 8 billion people and put them shoulder to shoulder in the state of Florida. They said if you put them in Texas, they could have a yard. That's right, that's right. So, so, so my thought what is, about Alaska? folks, we have made God so small. We can get an acre. And, and, and when the church <laughs> buys into this religion, because yeah. these environmentalists, the reason they're so passionate, it's a religion. It's a religion. That's their belief. And me, I don't want to pollute the waters. I don't want to do any of that. But yet, the earth was made for me. I wasn't made for it. That's it was made for me. I, when they say, oh, we can't deal with the sharks because that's their domain. No, that's my domain. God gave us dominion. So, so we're not invading their territory. They're actually in our territory. And we have missed God and his greatness and his majesty and his bigness to say, you know what? If someone comes into this service and I get up there and rant against the governor or I talk about, uh, talk about abortion, for 25 years, I've been telling people, and I've been mocked by it by my peers, that the homosexual movement is the greatest threat to our whole society. I've been preaching that long before all this came out, and I knew it. That's why I never use words like gay. Preacher, they bug me, Christians. They use words like gay and straight. Those are homosexual terms. Gay means happy, and I, I'm not straight. I am normal. That's the bottom line. And we, we constantly use their verbiage. Yeah, Even right. bullying was started because of them. Our whole world is catering. Biological man. Yeah, biological man. No, it's man. just a dude. 
Yeah. No, it's just a dude. Yeah. It's just a man. Because when you say biological man, you're giving a qualifier, which insinuates that there's such a thing as a non-biological man, which grants the entire premise of transgenders. And we and we we stood back. It's not and a, didn't a do baby; anything. it's a fetus. Even taking prayer to school, the church stood back, didn't do much. Yeah. Even abortion, for the first part, they didn't do anything. Then the Catholic Church jumped up, and then we started getting involved, saying this is wrong. It's it's sickening to me to watch people, and I I don't even claim to be that smart. But I can at least read the Bible, and God never told me to be afraid. He never told me to back up from evil. He never told me to close the doors of the church for a day. Yeah. I remember one time our lights went out. You didn't love your neighbor. I know, I know. But I did love him because you, you know what? You did the jab? You didn't? You don't love your neighbor. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Loving my neighbor meant the year we were open that they told us we should be closed. Over 2,000 people made a decision for Christ. Exactly. We just got through baptizing 640 people on our Easter service. Wow. So it's the truth that sets men free. The problem is if you don't tell them the truth, they have nowhere to go. Yep. They, just, they just stay in deception. The truth makes them think or rethink. Yeah. Wait a minute, something's not right here. Yeah. And, and, and God has a way of dealing with hearts and minds that we, have, we, we can't even explain. Yeah, that's good. And you know what? When one person makes a decision for Christ, then we have to disciple them. What they're saying is, yep. you make a decision for Christ, do it your way. No, we got to do it God's way. And when we blow it, we repent. And everybody will blow it. And we, we don't deserve salvation. We, we, don't, we don't earn it. It's a gift. And how does anybody know there's a gift of salvation if you don't tell them? And when you get saved, it's just not a prayer. You're making Jesus Lord of your life. You're saying you are Lord of my life. From this moment on, I'm going to learn your ways and what you want because you're Lord. And we just, we just blow it off whether they're saved. No, I, you, 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 you think you're saved. And how many people sit in our pews today, how many of these preachers that are leading them are going to lead them right to hell because they're unwilling just to simply tell the truth. And they want to change something that's not there. It's God's word, not mine. I didn't write it. That's right. He told me to be fruitful, multiply. And I'm like, be fruitful, multiply. He didn't say when you get to 7 billion, folks, slow down. When you get to 10 billion, this earth is big enough for everybody. It's a religion of yep. anti-God right. because God wants his creation to flourish and prosper so people can be born again and serve God and develop their gifts and talents. And these guys want to just kill everybody. That's not God's way, that's the devil's way, right. to steal, kill, and destroy. God wants us to have life and liberty and pursue happiness. Yep. But those babies that they don't unwilling to fight for, or they vote for people that want to kill them, they don't give them any rights. Yep. And I'm like, they have rights. Yep. Well, every time I say something else, I get you fired up and I love it. <laughs> um, we'll try to finish now on C.S. Lewis who said, if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will find neither comfort nor truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin and in the end, despair. Amen. There's a lot of despair. We can't be preaching comfort. We need to preach the truth. And thank you for doing that, Steve. Thank you for being bold and fearless and honoring God. And thank you for your time today, brother. Well, it's an honor. And thank you for what you do, man. You're fighting the fight. You're in the trenches. So thank you. Amen. Let's get more people there. Yeah, that's <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I uh, hope this blessed you, man. Wow. Uh, I, uh, I don't know if I can get anyone besides Ron McCoy quite that fired up by uh, one or two sentences. Um, that, that shows that, that Steve is about his father's business and has his father's heart. 
And that's what we need to be preaching in our churches. Thanks for tuning in today. If you want to hear more, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and Rumble, because I'll eventually get digitally assassinated. And give us a rating and review. Let us know what you think. Uh, iTunes podcast, give us five stars. More people see it, and then more people are exposed to it. And people have gotten engaged in sidewalk counseling. Babies have been saved. Lives have been saved. Um, just wonderful testimonies of people who listen to this show. So spread this widely. Share this with your pastor, huh? How about how about uh, Steve Smotherman now becomes the challenge episode you you send to your pastor saying, what are, why aren't you talking about these issues? Check out this guy. Uh, hold him accountable and let's get the, the pastors and the shepherds awakened. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. <laughs>